0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Friday, the 10th of July, 2020. Let me start by reminding you this morning of a powerful truth. If you are a Christian, if you have turned from your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible makes it clear that now the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Or to put it in the language of Ephesians chapter 1, which we'll be reading here shortly, uh, the same power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead is at work in you who believe. This power of the Holy Spirit. God lives inside of you. And if you're like me, occasionally you can't help but asking yourself the question, man, if God really lives inside of me through the Holy Spirit, What should my life look like if I have the same power that rose Jesus from the dead? Man, my life should look something amazing, shouldn't it? And maybe you start feeling like, you know, if I have God living inside of me, I should be like... Walking on water, raising people from the dead, leading people to Christ left and right, while living this life of constant victory, where I am just skipping from cloud to cloud of you know victorious Christian living. When we start thinking about that, it's like, yeah, that's not what my life looks like. And I've seen many people that end up feeling disillusioned or questioning the gospel itself. So Let's ask that question today. What does it look like to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? We're going to see an answer from that in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. Because, again, to set the table for us here at Galatians, Paul has been making the argument, no, we are not saved, and we, we aren't even going to grow as Christians by ceremonies and rituals and, and all these external things. What is going to save us is faith in the grace of Jesus Christ on the cross where he became a curse for us. But now how do we live the Christian life? As we talked about earlier, it's now faith working through love and the Holy Spirit, these things are going to grow us. These things are going to push us to godly living. And we start to see more of what that looks like today in these 11 verses. And it says in verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So right there, if we think, oh, I've got the spirit inside of me, I'm just going to be skipping from cloud to cloud in a life of spiritual victory. Right here, you have the apostle Paul through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit telling you there is going to be a war. There is going to be a struggle between the spirit at work in you and the flesh, your sinful flesh that is still working against you. So if you're like, man, the Christian life, there, there's a struggle in that. Do I really have the spirit inside of me? Well, when we have the spirit inside of us, it will look like a struggle. But then we have to continue reading this passage because I think it'll help us even get further clarity into that question because then it describes the works of the flesh. So yes, there will be a struggle in the Christian life. But if you look at your life and if you look at verses 19 through 21 of Galatians 5 and you read that list and you're like, yep, this describes me. Not, you know, hey, I'm fighting against some of these things and occasionally I'm, I, I'm struggling and something, but no, this is the direction of my life. These works of the flesh. Then the Bible is warning you as it has warned you before that you are not headed to heaven. You do not have the spirit of God inside of you if this is the characteristic and the direction of your life. And you might say, well, that's not a struggle. You are walking in darkness. And scripture could not be clearer on this subject. Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. Whoever believes in me will not walk in darkness. Yes, it's not going to be, you know, victory of skipping from cloud to cloud, but it is not going to be, I am still just living the same life dead in sin that I used to. So even if I, as I read those verses, 19 through 21, if you are thinking, man, that describes me, then you need to come to the conclusion Then I don't think I do have the Spirit of God inside of me. And if you come to that conclusion, the solution is not do better, try harder. The solution is faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what Galatians has been teaching to us. But then for those of us that are saved and we see that, that struggle, there's this direction that we need to walk by the Spirit. Or it says it another way in verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I love that idea of keeping in step with the Spirit. As a musician, somebody that's led a lot of worship in churches over the last 10 to 15 years, one thing that I've used a lot with the band is while we're playing, there's actually in our monitors coming through our headphones, there is a metronome, that there is a, a click track that is keeping us on the beat. You know, you can't hear it, but in our ears, there's this little Just to the tempo of the song that is keeping us all tight together. And that's the image I think of every time I come to this idea of keeping in step with the Spirit. That we need to be listening for that metronome. Listening for that click track of the Spirit. And not getting ahead or falling behind that. And then we get to what does that look like? Listening for the Spirit and keeping in step with The Spirit. And that's where I would say answer number one it looks like listening to the book that the Holy Spirit wrote. Let's just be clear about it. There is no way to keep in step with the Spirit without letting His Word dwell in our hearts, putting His Word before our eyes, meditating on His Word, and seeking direction from the Word of God. That's going to be step one of keeping in step with the Spirit, listening to God's Word and saying, hey, I need to listen to what God's Word is telling me and knowing that that is the voice of the Holy Spirit primarily and I need to reject what my flesh is pulling me towards. And so what does that Spirit-led life look to? Well, it's going to lead to the fruit of the Spirit. In verse 22, where lots of times we think, oh, I've got the Spirit, I should be doing all these uh, amazing things. Well, it's going to give you a list of things that maybe more simple than you realize, but I think are more profound and more amazing than we give them credit for. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. These are the things through the Holy Spirit that God wants to produce more and more of in your life. This is the fruit of somebody that has the spirit of the living God living inside of them. That these things that are all going to be countercultural, counter circumstantial, this is what God wants to see. And so, what I want you to do today is to pray through this list. A fruit of the Spirit. And I want to even just encourage you to, to, to focus on two of them. As you read that list, if there's two that you're like, man, I want to see more of this in my life. Spend time praying to God for those things. And even knowing God is our Father, He loves to listen to His children. And even in, in Luke, when the disciples are learning to pray from Jesus, he says, Just as your father, your earthly Father wants to give you gifts, so much more does your heavenly father want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So lift up these things, ask them to God, think through what would it look like to be more patient in my life or gentle in my life and lift those things up to God today. Our other New Testament reading comes from the gospel of Luke today, Luke chapter five verses 27 through 32. And here we see a man saved and transformed from doing the works of the flesh to the fruit of the spirit. The tax collector, Levi, who responds to Jesus's call, hey, come and follow me. And then Levi has a feast and Jesus is, is eating with tax collectors. And the Pharisees are angry saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answers in verse 31, and Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So one thing to notice when people accuse Jesus of eating with tax collectors and sinners, lots of times what it's really about is former sinners. I mean, obviously they're not sinless, but Levi, now he has been transformed by Jesus Christ. He is not who he used to be, but the Pharisees want to turn their noses up at them just because of their background. And Jesus says, hey, I'm here to call sinners to repentance. And I want you to even pray for, if you're a part of Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, for our church or for whatever church you're a part of, that we would see this happening among us that we would see sinners getting called to repentance and responding and seeing their lives transformed through the power of Jesus Christ. Now, as we get to the Old Testament today and we look at 1 Chronicles again, 1 Chronicles chapter 9 and 10 today, and we finish up the genealogies of 1 Chronicles today, and yes, I can hear you clapping and applauding right now, and I want to remind you, not so fast That is the word of God, and we learned some things as we went through that together. But today, as we end up the genealogies in chapter 9 and start to get into the history of King Saul in chapter 10, which really is just the end of it, there's a phrase at the very beginning and the very end of our passage today. If you look at uh, chapter 9, and one thing you'll learn about Chronicles is this was clearly written after the exile, because there's history even of all of that, Uh, but If you look at chapter 9, verse 1, it says, So all Israel was recorded in genealogies, and these are written in the book of the kings of Israel. And Judah was taken into exile in Babylon because of their breach of faith. And then in chapter 10, when it's talking about the death of King Saul and how God took the kingdom of him from him and gave it to King David, it says in verse 13, So Saul died for his breach of faith. He broke faith with the Lord in that he did not keep the command of the Lord. And also he consulted a medium seeking guidance. He did not seek guidance from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. That whether you're looking at the nation or you're looking at King Saul, God had made promises to them. God had sought to build them up and to be there for them. And they had broken faith with God and sought direction, sought fulfillment, sought it somewhere else. And that's even a little bit of what we see the history of today as we finish Psalm 81. Yesterday, it was talking about how God, he was their deliverer, how God had been there for them, how God was offering to continue to be there for them. But today we pick it up in verse 11, which says, but My people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Talking about God's wrath in in the face of his people's breach of faith. Let's look at the rest of that reading from Psalm 81 today where it says, Oh, that my people would listen to me. That Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him and their fate would last forever. But he would feed you with the finest of the wheat and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. And again, while we're not the nation of Israel, I think some of these offers are here for us today. God is offering to satisfy us, to feed us. That's really what we looked at this last Sunday at church. And we'll be looking again at this Sunday where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Jesus is still making this offer to the world of satisfaction, of security. And the question is, are we going to look to him or are we gonna trust ourselves and look to the things of the world? Because when we look to Him, we will find hope, we will find satisfaction, and we will find a life can be transformed through the power of Christ as He gives us the Holy Spirit, which will lead then to more of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.